Let you and I take a trip down memory lane, leave skid marks in the present as we zoom towards the future, sharing stories, experiences, and as we take on life, one Sunday at a time. I'm losing my mind, I'm losing my sanity, I'm losing my faith, I'm losing my way, I'm known the reality. Inside. My hope was just that they divided the family. It's dawning on me that the whole of my life might be nothing but vanity. What's the point in living life today? What's the point in living life this way? You either die young or you live long enough to watch the ones you love all pass away. It's hard to be sober when the world of pain just to have you back. I'll give it all away. I miss you a lot. That's why you're your name. And I cry some Hello and welcome to another episode of the You and I podcast. This is your host, Mifa Dejumo. How are you guys doing? um first and foremost happy new month um if you're listening to this you're definitely in february so that's amazing thank you for listening and um congratulations for also making it past january which felt like six months <laughs> so how are you guys doing how's work been how's week been so far this episode probably comes out on a sunday so definitely a new work week is coming up so i wish you guys all the best in this so um for today's episode i have no guests so i'll be sharing a monologue i hope you guys will enjoy it it's really one that um you know deeply resonates with me and i i would really like always appreciate feedback as well so first things first let's get to the gist of the week gist of the week gist of the gist of the week first obvious gist of the week has to be the corona virus so the coronavirus has been something that has been you know recurring in the news feeds of late and uh, we understand why because it's really really scary and apparently um it has spread from china where it originated to a lot of other countries although i don't think it has gotten to any african country of late of yet rather but hopefully um it doesn't which is really weird because the, with the rate is spreading chances are it probably is already and um we don't know but so over the week um i think that was that this week or last week where um some people were just making remarks about nigerian doctors you know about somebody made the, i think somebody made a post saying you know what hey nigerian doctors not everybody that coughs and this needs a flu blah 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 but i think it was a little bit insensitive to nigerian doctors because they are doing the best they can in the situation in a country that is really really fucked up but longer short is um the coronavirus is a really serious thing so Please take the necessary precaution. Always wash your hands after eating or after using the toilet. You know, if you have a cold, stay at home. If you are sick, you can probably see the doctor. But, you know, don't, you know, just take what would otherwise, or what would otherwise be the necessary steps for staying healthy. You know, in that way, you're, you'll be able to avoid any big issues. So, um... I really hope they are able to curb it. I uh, really hope they find a cure, which will be really, really dicey. But hopefully they find a cure and things normalize. But until then, just stay safe, you know, try as much as possible to stay safe and stay healthy. And um, hopefully this thing ends as soon as possible because shit is really, really scary. Gist of the week. 
gist of the gist of the week. Last but not least, um, the gist of the week. One of the gist of the week for me has to be the ban on Okada tricycles kicking up pep by Lagos State government. I think it's just terrible. Like I, I really, I really think it's terrible that um, that the government can be so insensitive. But it is terrible, but not surprising. It's terrible that they can be insensitive. It's not surprising that they are insensitive. It just, it's really, really terrible because this is like the source of livelihood for a lot of people, and now you're just snatching it away from them because they don't fit your so-called idea of what a mega city Lagos should be, but forgetting that these people are the workforce, these people are the people who make life a bit bearable for people in Lagos, especially Lagos, which is terrible traffic. So you're basically banning these people from working without providing any alternative, no single alternative. You're not providing better roads, you're not providing better routes that will make maybe commuting to to back and forth easier no you're not providing jobs for them because obviously you're taking their source of livelihood without giving them something and then my biggest fear is the fact that this could probably lead to rising crimes and chances are it will and it's sad that these people are not these so-called local government or the so-called government people are not really you know, really looking into things before they make all this decree. They are, they are just, you know, going there and just saying, you know what, it's almost like they just wake up on them, like, you know what, what what can we do to fuck things up now? They'll be like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 ban all cadas. That's what they're doing. And it's really sad because even the go-cada, a lot of investment money went into that and you just ban it. That's somebody's source of livelihood and it's just sad. So to the Lagos State Government, you guys need to do better. They also this also relates to the eviction in a place on the island i've forgotten the name skips my mind just you know evicting people from their homes and these people you're not giving them an alternative that's that's my biggest issue if you're going to evict people from their home if you're going to take jobs from people at least give them an alternative job that okay you know what we don't want okada in Lagos state but in the meantime why you're not driving okada you know what do this We've provided this for you, so this supplements for the Okada. But it does. You guys are not doing that. So how do you want these ones to survive? These people have families to feed. I just think Nigeria as a whole, we, we are ruled, we are governed by so many, so many insensitive folks, and it's sad and it's appalling, like really appalling. And I just, I, I wish we could do better. I really wish we could. Gist of the week. Gist of the week. So those are the gist of the week for this week. <laughs> so and without let's not waste further time without further ado. I always say that somebody a, a, a listener shout out to um Bros Candy said I usually say that a lot without further ado. So I would I would you know oblige him again and say without further ado, let's get into the monologue. The 
monologue. monologue. So in 2009, I I met a friend. His name was Isaac. Um, I met Isaac on in Enugu State, in Suka to be precise. Um, that was where I, I was doing my pre-science at that point in my life. I had just um, I had just been asked to leave the University of Lauren after earning very very poor grades in my first year. And University of Lauren normally does that where. In your first year, if you perform poorly, they would advise you to withdraw instead of, you know, going forward with the GP and stuff. So, Yelorin advised me to withdraw after a very, very terrible first year. Terrible results. And I was devastated because I have never been so close to that point where failure stares at you. like, And it stares at you with everybody's eyes looking at you like oh wow you couldn't even get past year one with a good cgpa that kind of failure so it was a devastating period in my life i was really really down i was downtrodden i planned on even you know going branching out running away in a way uh so the plan initially was you know what since I could easily light my folks and, you know, don't let them know what's going on. I should just probably stay back in Lorraine, write another jam, and then get back into the school again. And hopefully everything will iron out itself. But I chose what I thought was the most sensible route. I chose to face my failure and um, I ran home to my parents' arms because I, I understood that they were... They were there for me and thankfully they were and they understood they, they they actually encouraged me to you know look past the failure so i did look past the failure a couple of months later after i was back from uni learning um some a friend of mine banky brought an idea or not brought an idea he actually introduced me and another friend john to the pre-science program for Enugu State University of Science and Technology, ESUT, which was being held in Onsuka. So he advised, you know what, instead of, you know, trying, waiting for another jam and whatnot, you could use this period, you know, do the pre-science program, and if you get through it, it would be like an automatic entry into the um, Enugu State University of Science and Technology. And we're like, okay, let's see how it goes. And good for us, uh, good for me, I'll speak for myself, I had supporting parents who education was really important to them so they were not really thinking of you know what you already fucked up how would you how are we sure you will not fuck up again yeah so it was very straightforward you know i brought the idea i was like oh popsy momsy this is what this guy said this is an opportunity and they were like oh fine the money was not there but i know my parents they all they rallied around one way or the other paid for it and in i brought the news to them like say a week ago, by the next week, I was already on a bus to Nsuka. So it was that speedy. So I did go to Nsuka um, with my friend, John. He also was um, was asked to withdraw from uni Lauren as well. But we didn't really know each other in uni Lauren, just in passing. So we both got to Nsuka and then we met Isaac. Isaac was... Uh, and the Bira boy, and um, Isaac was really, really 
very fatherly you know he he was the eldest amongst us three he he was the eldest followed by john then myself i was the youngest obviously because i always i'm the youngest so isaac we met isaac there he was also for the pre-science program and um three of us decided to be roommates you know in Zuka, the place we stayed in Zuka was really a village so the room we just had the room apartment with pit latrine toilets and um we basically just contributed money we got got uh what they call it uh carpets and i think i don't know how we got that foam but a foam came about it was really really flat it was almost as if you're sleeping on the carpet itself but we got the apartments, had got a little stove. The three of us rallied around, you know, made things a little bit... It was not really comfortable, but bearable for ourselves in the apartment. And um, we started living peaceably. Precise began as precise would begin. It was basically just the same routine. Isaac became more... Um, over time, though, we started, you know, finding out different things about ourselves you know people started diverting away john and i were really close because we had this very carefree attitude we always very try we always trying to be very rational and um isaac was the, the the more religious guy although he was very down to earth like you can you could discuss anything with isaac and he wouldn't he wouldn't be judgmental towards you and that was one of the best things about him like we would say the most raz thing, John and I and Isaac would Isaac would join us in laughing and then the next minute he has picked up the Bible and is studying. So he was really devoted in that way and um we loved him for it. Although personally we had I had my reservation because Isaac was a very a very good person, you know? Those kind of people who could easily be taken advantage of because of that goodness in them. You know, they are always ready to, you know, cut and break an arm and a leg just to help the next person. So it, it, it always, we always had to butt heads at some particular point where he, he was always going out of his way to help people and in a way that that was, that he normally would backfire in a way. So Isaac became like the papa of, um, the fellowship was attending, which was Nifest. Yeah, that was Nifest. John was a Catholic, so John was with NFCS. And I was just roaming about, so I think I was with, um, I've forgotten what they call those people again. No? But it was like Castle, yeah, the Assemblies of God kind of fellowships, student fellowship, Castle, it was. So I was with Castle. And due to his influence, we found ourselves taking up roles because he was more, he had the role of the papa. So I think for a particular point there, I became like a Bible study coordinator for Castle. <laughs> and um, John was like, uh, forgotten the post John was holding. But John soon was more natural because he's a Catholic and he felt he just, you know, they f- it fit like a glove to him. So over time, I quit be- being a uh, uh, what they call it, a Bible study coordinator because I was very controversial. When I'm teaching Bible study, I'll just start ranting and stuff. <laughs> so I've always had this podcasting thing in me right from those days. So um, it turns out we tried to, we, we, we complimented each other, three strange fe- fellows who maybe once or twice had crossed paths, and then we came together, became brothers, became close, 
Isaac was thriving. Isaac became the papa. I was really dedicated to his um, fellowship. He he was doing a lot. And um, over time, things started to drift apart between us. Um, in a way, we sort of started leaving him behind. Um, not in the, oh, we're abandoning you way. It became more about priorities. So for me and John, our priority was mainly to get into the university. So we took our jam and everything. And he also had that priority, Isaac, but it was also centered around God. So Isaac was the kind of person that he could probably have an exam tomorrow and then a fellowship in the night before. And he'd still go for the fellowship then come back and try to read for the exam, but he would be so exhausted, he would doze off on on whatever I was doing. And he, he was really, really intelligent. Isaac is like one of the best people for biology. Like, that guy knows shit about biology. Like, so he, he, we started drifting apart in that way because I wouldn't sacrifice going to church because I, 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 I would always go to, I would always focus on my exam than think of church or anything. So, in the way we started drifting apart. And then after a year of the pre-science, I wrote jam, John wrote jam, Isaac also wrote jam. Results came out and then we apl- I applied, I and John applied to UNN, which the school was very close by. And um, I think he also did. So it turned out both John and I got admission into the University of Unsuka, of Nigeria Unsuka. And um, Isaac didn't. I think he he didn't scale through. And so the next year we had to leave because we got into the university, we got admission and Isaac had to remain back. And it was at that point, I think, things just went south, you know. There was no animosity. We didn't hate each other, but we grew apart. Yeah, I think that would be the word. We just... We just grew apart as brothers. As once in a while, I would say hi. I remember a particular period when my um, younger sister wanted to write post UME at UNN, and I was in the hostel. She, he put, he actually, he was one I contacted who put her up in a place where she was comfortable. She had no issues while she took the exams. So we had, we still had that connection, but in a way, we grew apart and. In my heart of hearts, I always sort of resented him because I felt he was giving too much to what what I felt was unnecessary and shouldn't be prioritized. And in other words, I mean to his faith. I felt he was giving too much to his faith at his own expense. Sometimes I remember back then, sometimes Isaac would be so, so, so tired. Sometimes he would be so ill. And what was worse is Isaac would be the kind of person to give a leg and, and an arm for a total stranger or for his flocks. But when he when it came to him needing that back, he would rarely get it back. Like his flocks, whatever they call them, would rarely be as kind to him or really be dedicated to helping him has he would to them if they were in any kind of situation and that always pissed me off because i always felt like 
like I, I always felt like you should see this you should, this should be clear to you that these people are just after self-interest and you should also and you should i don't blame them because at the end of the day everybody is selfish in a way but you should also try to you know tow their own line and you know try and be selfish for yourself do things for you so a couple of times we had that talk even john would have the talk with him and i think for a while it looked like he was you know taken to it because he became more um self self-centered towards his own goals you know he i think after a year after we got admission like the next year he got an admission into like a nursing school and since he was really science inclined biology inclined it made sense and since he had that empathy thing i felt it was really like a perfect fit for him because i think he, i i really was sure he would thrive in that field in the nursing field because it just he felt natural he could all the skills he had gotten from his preaching from his faith everything could just work and you know finding giving peace to people in head, dire head conditions and whatnot so it felt good when i heard that i was like amazing amazing and i think we were just we talked once in a while sometimes i would um because i used to write a lot so he would see my writings and he would be like, Mifa, this is great. Mifa, this is great. You're going places. And I'd be like, oh, thank you, thank you. And at one point in time, he told me, you know what, you're going to go places, you know. Right? I think he told me, write for God or something. And I was like, okay, I don't yeah. <laughs> so, But he was really, really supportive. And that, that, was one of, that, that was just Isaac for you. Isaac was really supportive. But like I said, we grew apart. It was no, there was no, the communication became very stifled with you I think that word would go like it it became a thing of oh distance which was which shouldn't have been the case because he was still in Inugu state but out of sight out of mind kind of thing just happened and conversations became shorter calls became shorter we'll see once in a while or just say hi once in a while and most times what what was really painful is most times he would be the one to you know initiate contact because that's just the kind of person he is, and then would apologize. Oh, you know what? Uh, Baba will go check up on you. And he he never really felt bothered about it, and then suddenly we heard the news. Isaac was dead. To show how much we grew apart, I heard the news from my sister, who I introduced to him when he was when he tried to help her secure somewhere to stay when she came for jam. And I think at that point I felt like, man, 
it's it's so easy to be a shitty person and not know that you're being shitty you know because you're so focused on oh me 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 just you you're not really there for people you're supposed to be there for and in that moment that i heard that he had died i was like oh wow this this has happened and silly me i was still very resentful towards his faith because i was like you know what imagine after all you've gone through imagine being at the cops of what you think is a breakthrough you know getting the admission into the nursing school and just then die like that like what kind of god do you believe in that will just take that will let you go through so much and then take take it away in that moment because of what to prove worth and i felt really bad because i felt like he deserved more and not just deserving him, I felt like he deserved more from the God he served, the God he was really faithful to, the God he 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 never questioned. And the resentment I felt back then spilled into so many of my beliefs as a you know, quote unquote Christian back then because I felt like if God could <laughs> If God could like not really care about this one person who I've seen do things like, you know, give his all and all to what he thinks he believes in, then like I shouldn't really put so much effort like shit. And I guess in a way, that was just me trying to cover up my own guilt. And my guilt being that um, it could have been very easy to stay in touch. And staying in touch could have been the difference between life or death for him. Who, who knew? Like, nobody knows. But I think I, I, I would have felt better if I were in touch with him more. And then I heard he died. And I'll be like, oh shit, oh shit. But me being very pissed off at him, at or at his religion, at who the God is served because he had to let that happen, was in a way also me trying to mask my guilt. Because so often, a lot of the people who are selfless in our lives, who who give their all are those ones who we tend we tend not to really appreciate until that very moment, close to that moment, we realize, oh, this person could easily just go. The fact that it had to it had to be that, it had to be death that that made me realize how much of a bad person I had been to him unintentionally. Not because I I, I wanted to be a bad person just because i had those biases that felt like this guy was wasting his time towards the faith instead of pushing towards something that i felt was tangible but that was just my bias because i should have known as a better person that despite my unbelief of whatever it is if he was dedicated to that faith 
then it meant something to him. And as a good friend that I should have been, I should have been able to accept that. As flawed as it might seem, as crazy, as as stupid as it might seem to me, like, oh, why is this guy always pursuing God like this? You know, his mate is doing this, his mate is doing that. As stupid as that might have seemed to me, I still should have been open to say, okay, I don't understand this shit. I don't understand why you can be so dedicated to this thing and people who don't even appreciate you. But you know what? I'm cool with it. Since you have this dedication, since this is your thing, then I should be okay with it. But I didn't. I wasn't. And it's sad I had to take his death for me to, you know, come to that realization that, no, a person's belief shouldn't, shouldn't, be something that alienates you as long as their character is good as long as they are good people and i've always stood by this since then like even before then i've always had this but i think it's so easy to you know theorize it in your mind i'm like you know what no a person's belief should not hinder me from caring for them but when it comes to those around us we find ourselves lacking in those in enacting those beliefs or those theories so it's sad I had to be Isaac's demise that brought that to me. And I, I, I felt really bad. Like, really, really bad. But then, life happened. And I think I felt bad for like a week. And after then, it was over. And, and that was even worse because... You realize the the person could mean a lot to you but at the end of the day the one person you're actually more concerned about will always be you like selfless people like really selfless people are very rare and Isaac was one of them Isaac for me was one of those selfless people those really selfless people that could easily make everything about the next person and very little about themselves. And it's sad that I didn't try as much as I could to hold on to that person. It's sad that I wanted him to so, so be like me in a way, you know, driven, focused, you know, you want to go to school, let's go to school. What is church thing will not help you. When I could have easily been more accepting of what he believed and trusting his own process. And to this day, I still hold that resentment towards God about Isaac's death. I still think it's unfair. I still think he shouldn't have died, to be honest. I still think he deserves more. He deserves to be to, to be here right now. You know, he deserves to be in this moment. He deserves to 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 probably be a huge pastor. And even if I'm going to mock him later and be like, you know what, all these fake pastors. Well he deserved that. I feel he deserved that. And it's sad that it was that was taken away. But I guess the point of this story and this monologue is just to say you should if you don't you should look around more often and look around to those people who 
at almost all times they always seem to be around you and you can tell you can tell their vibe there are people who want to be around you who don't have good vibes but there are those who are always around you always supporting you always pushing you to your dreams and most times you kind of tend to ignore them those are the ones you should pay attention to because yeah we say life is short and life is this and life is that but it's funny how we don't remember that until these ones are gone until those really special ones just one day you just get a call and everything is over so I don't know if podcast reaches heaven or whatever, but I have never wanted to believe in heaven as I did when I discovered, when I heard that Isaac was dead. I was really, that that was the first time I really was like, God, I really hope, I really hope that in all this, your grand plan, you actually created a heaven for somebody like him because... If you're going to take him from here, then the next place should be going somewhere he can rest and have the peace of mind he deserves. And I really, I still share the same sentiment now. I still believe that if there's a heaven, Isaac should be there. He deserved it. He deserved it. The monologue. Anyways, so that's basically it for me. I'll end this with saying try as much as possible to cherish those who bring you joy, who give you a reason to smile. Try as much as possible to cherish those who are always trying to go the extra mile for you in the little things. And yeah, sometimes it'll be tough. It will be tough to notice those little things. But once you do, and you still have them around, appreciate them, hold them close, let them know how much you care. And despite your biases, despite what you think about their beliefs or their or what drives them, always try to be empathetic. I don't think I was empathetic with Isaac, and I I still regret that till this day. So that's it for me that's the episode happy new month i hope february brings all the joy and peace and love and empathy for you and your family until we talk again next week this is the host of the uni podcast mifa adejumo bye